Hey everyone, here at Emmaus Footnotes, we are continuing season five with our daily reflections on the Psalms. These podcasts are meant to serve as aids in nurturing the habit of reading a Psalm each day as a structured part of our prayer. We are praying Psalm 1 on January 1st, Psalm 2 on January 2nd, and so on. We hope these short reflections on the first 30 Psalms serve as a companion to your practice. Here is Pastor Nathan Oates. Psalm 25 In you, Lord, my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful toward those who keep the demands of his covenant. For the sake of your name, Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Who, then, are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. They will spend their days in prosperity, and their descendants will inherit the land. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Relieve the troubles of my heart and free me from my anguish. Look on my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. See how numerous are my enemies and how fiercely they hate me. Guard my life and rescue me. Do not let me be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me, because my hope, Lord, is in you. Deliver Israel, O God, from all their troubles. This is a prayer for forgiveness. I'm invited to reevaluate, to honestly consider my actual beliefs about two things. The first is how I believe God sees me. Do I imagine God standing in the corner, arms folded, looking down his nose, shaking his head at me in disappointment? Do I picture God like some cosmic drill sergeant challenging me to prove my worth? Or do I believe, in accordance with the scriptures, that I am God's beloved? That when God created the world, including me, he saw that it was very good. Do I imagine God embracing me in his goodness? This is a prayer for forgiveness. And I might not even pray this prayer unless I believe that I'm praying to a God who loves me, who thinks it's very good that I exist, 
and who wants me to experience the fullness of his goodness. The second personal belief this psalm invites me to reevaluate is what I believe about the forgiveness of sins. Have I slipped into a way of thinking that sees some sins as more easily forgivable than other sins? Am I willing to believe in the forgiveness of past sins, but struggling to believe that God will forgive my sins of today or tomorrow? Or do I believe in accordance with the scriptures that through Jesus' death on the cross, God has forgiven all the sins of the whole world, including my past sins, my present sins, and even the sins I will commit in the future. This is a prayer for forgiveness. And I might not even pray this prayer unless I believe, really believe, God wants to and has made a way to forgive me. Now, I've been talking about people about forgiveness of sins as a minister for almost 30 years, and I've noticed that this conversation has changed. I used to have conversations with people who didn't believe they could be forgiven. Now I mostly have conversations with people who don't believe they've sinned. In the past, most of the conversations were about me assuring a person that yes, God could and would forgive them for the sinful, selfish thing that was causing them so much guilt and shame. But in recent years, most of the conversations I have about forgiveness are difficult because people don't see their acts as sinful. They don't need forgiveness. This is just them expressing themselves, being true to themselves. They're offended at the suggestion that anything they do needs to be forgiven. This perspective, which is becoming more and more common, is sad for a few reasons, the biggest being that it erases the need for Christ's death on the cross. Why did Jesus go through such horrific pain and grief if it were un? necessary, if we didn't actually need forgiveness. This is a prayer for forgiveness, and that's good news for me. Forgiveness is really good news. Instead of trying to justify my sin or deny my sin, I should ask for forgiveness from God, from my wife, from my kids. From whomever I hurt, I should ask for forgiveness. If I do something that's even close to a sin, that might be a sin, I should confess it. I should bring it to Jesus. I should receive forgiveness. Why deny my need for forgiveness when it has been made available by a loving God? Why work to justify myself or redefine selfishness as self actualization? When I could just embrace the freedom of forgiveness. When I lived at a monastery for three weeks in 2018, I witnessed something so powerful. As a pastor, I long for this kind of experience. Maybe we could do something like this someday if I explained it well. Here's what I saw. At the end of each day, at the end of each time, at the end of the last time of prayer, all the monks would bow before the cross and then they'd turn and they'd bow to the abbot 
the one they elected the leader of their monastery, they would bow before him and they would ask for his forgiveness. Admittedly, I struggled with this a bit, even though I knew they were bowing to him and asking for forgiveness as a symbol of Christ. They were seeing him as a symbol of Christ. But then, at the end of each week, so I saw this three times, after the monks bowed to the abbot, the abbot left his seat, stepped out into the middle of the chapel, got down on his knees and bowed to all the monks and asked them for forgiveness. Forgiveness for the ways he had failed to faithfully represent Christ to them. As a pastor, I am deeply aware of the ways I fail the community I serve. I know that when I hurt people, and I have, and I do hurt people, it can be especially damaging. Because even in our North American Protestant context, in some way, I do represent God to people. And when I saw the abbot, the pastor of this monastery community, asking for his community's forgiveness, I wanted that. I longed for an opportunity to do that. In our culture, when a pastor admits to sin and publicly asks for forgiveness, it's almost always because he's committed some disqualifying sin and he's no longer fit for ministry. By God's grace, that's not the case with me, but of course I sin, and of course my sin hurts those I share life with, including my family and my church community, and of course I want forgiveness. Why would anyone not want to be forgiven of their sins? This is a prayer for forgiveness. May we pray it with our whole hearts. Thank you for listening to this episode of Emmaus Footnotes. Join us again tomorrow for a reading and reflection on the next psalm.